Hello and welcome to the Extremist Publishing Podcast. I'm Tom Christie. I'm delighted today to be joined by a travel writer who, not content with writing about the beautiful area of the country that he lives in, has actually designed a brand new route of his own, which takes in some of the most scenic areas and the most historic areas of England. And his name is Neil Hallam. Neil, thanks for joining us today. Hello, Tom. Thanks for having me on. Now, this is an astonishing route, Neil, because it takes in some of the most ancient history uh, that England has to offer. Uh, and Robin Hood is such an astonishing figure himself. Um, I think only King Arthur is perhaps more historically porous in terms of the, the many tales of his adventures. What was it attracted you to the project? Well, I grew up in Nottinghamshire, so the, the, the legends around Robin Hood were, were there from being a small boy. Uh, particularly uh, being brought up pre-internet, whenever we had anybody visit, there's a limited number of places that uh, that you'd take uh, you, you, your family and friends to see. So my parents, it was always Nottingham Castle, Major Oak, and a couple of the other key Robin Hood locations. So uh, it, 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 it all developed around me as a boy. Uh, and then as I I, I grew up and went into the police force. You could say that I uh, I developed a bit of an interest in uh, in the outlaw myths around it, and uh, and also just a, a liking for digging a little bit deeper into things and finding the story out behind the story. Yes, it's, it's worth mentioning that you, you do have a long bibliography as an author, uh, and many of your previous books have to do with Robin Hood and deal with the, the Robin Hood legendarium. Yeah. It, it, so it is a real area of interest. I started writing fiction and uh, and two of my many fiction offerings are based around Robin Hood, where I, I modernised it. Uh, rather than being uh, Crusades or Norman Age uh, soldiers, uh, I made Robin, the Earl of Loxley, into a Special Forces Major and, and Robin and his team took on organised crime in Nottingham and gave the drug dealers proceeds away to good causes. I thought there was rather a nice thing to do with the story as well as giving me an opportunity to, to dig a little bit deeper and adapt to legends. Uh, and then my other non-fiction Robin Hood offering is the Robin Hood Cycleway. There's a, an 80 plus mile walking route that Nottingham Wayfarers Rambling Club created that starts at Nottingham Castle, goes all the way up through Edwinstow and to the, uh, the locations up in the north of the county. But it's a walking route, so there's big elements of it, a, a, a footpath rather than uh, bridleways. And I'm more of a cyclist than I am a walker. So I wanted to find a way of doing it legally. Uh, and that's where the uh, the Robin Hood Cycleway came from. It broadly follows the Robin Hood way as much as I can, but where it became illegal to cycle, I, uh, I plotted an interesting but parallel route. Uh, and it was a bit of an interesting uh, coincidence that I'd just finished that project as uh, as I met up with you on uh, on a writer's seminar and thought, well, I could uh, convert that cycling idea to a, a, a broader travelling option in in uh, keeping with the North Coast 500 that you already publish. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you mentioned that because it was the sheer ambition of your route uh, which astonished me when I first heard about it because it takes in not only historic Nottinghamshire, but also some of the most beautiful places in the heart of England, like Lincolnshire, Derbyshire, and of course, the south of Yorkshire. Because people don't often associate places like Whitby with the Robin Hood legend, uh, but you explain uh, in great detail uh, why these places are significant. Yeah, well, that was the research behind it. Uh, when when I first floated the concept of a Robin Hood route, um, I was really thinking more in terms of 200, perhaps 300 miles. I, I knew the Nottinghamshire-based locations pretty well, and I've got a vague idea that, uh, that I might have included uh, Robin Hood's Bay. Uh, but it seemed a bit of a stretch to go from Nottinghamshire all the way up to Robin Hood's Bay with nothing in between. But when I started digging, it surprised me um, that I found the Whitby connection. Uh, uh, and the, the Whitby connection is a, uh, a one of the very legendary arrow shots where the, the Abbot of Whitby is said to have challenged Robin and Little John to fire arrows from the roof of, of Whitby Abbey. And they landed some distance away in uh, neighbouring fields that became uh, known as Robin Hood's Field and Little John's Field. And there's marker posts there to this day commemorating where the arrows fell. Um, I found medieval burial uh, mounds up on uh, Stoop Brow overlooking Robin Hood's Bay that uh, the legends have got uh, Robin and his men hiding out from uh, the sheriff and using these burial mounds as archery targets. Uh, I found that uh, Gisborough in North Yorkshire has got ties to uh, the Sir Guy of Gisborne character that appears in the ballads. Uh, and then looping south, Fountains Abbey's got massive connections to uh, Robin Hood and in particular the story about Robin and Fry Tuck carrying each other across the river. Uh, Robin Hood's grave at Kirklees Priory. Um, and then I'd, I'd always heard of Robin of Loxley, and I knew that there was a place, Loxley, on the outskirts of Sheffield. But it wasn't until I started digging deeper. There's a marker stone in a, in a wood that the, uh, the legends have got tying to the birth of somebody that could well be one of many people that sew together to form this Robin Hood legend. But actually, that, that's probably worth picking up on because the legends have usually got one foot in the truth with a bit of embellishment. They come from a time when we didn't write down stories. Uh, we, we told them or we sung them. And so things got changed. And I found perhaps four real people whose stories parallel parts of the Robin Hood legends as they were told in the, uh, the historic ballads. But these four people stretch over maybe 150 years of time. So they can't all have lived at the same time or, or any one of them being Robin Hood. But they all together paint quite an interesting story. And, and that's what the whole project did for me. I enjoyed the travel, but I really enjoyed digging into those legends and telling the stories. Yeah, I mean, I must say I thoroughly enjoyed uh, reading the painstaking research that you had put into all of these different legends uh, and all of the amazing places that you found along the way. Um, 
I particularly found um, interest in the fact that uh, there are six separate Robin Hood's graves, but only one for Little John. And Little John's grave has an interesting story attached to it as well. It has, yes. I mean, there's, um, again, if, if the story is to be believed, the, the thigh bone that was uh, unearthed there measures up and, and scales up to put Little John at something approaching eight foot tall, which uh, for that sort of historic period is a real giant, not uh, not just somebody that's very tall. There's, uh, there's another archery story that goes with that uh, up on the, the moor above uh, Hathersage, where, where Robin Hood, Little John, sorry, his graves uh, sighted. There's a stone called uh, Robin Hood Stoop, but that's got a parallel name that the local historians found on a postcard of Little John's flight. And the legend there is that, uh, that either Robin or Little John stood at Robin Hood Stoop and fired an arrow landing in Hathersage churchyard where uh, Little John's grave is. And that story parallels very nicely with the uh, the Kirklees Priory story of, uh, of Robin lying on his deathbed, firing an arrow out the window and wanting to be buried where the arrow fell. Yes, because I really admire that um, aspect of your book that, that makes the, the past and the present collide, um, where you talk about famous places like Sherwood Forest and Nottingham Castle that you mentioned earlier, um, but you also talk about places like Robin Hood Primary School um, and the, the connection that they have to the Robin Hood legend, which is a nice way of bringing it into the present day. Yeah, that was a really nice one because the the kids' education's benefiting from it. This was in Loxley, the uh, the village that's now something of a, of a suburb on the edge of Sheffield. And the uh, one of the primary school teachers was a bit of an amateur historian and Robin Hood fan. And he, he kept digging and researching and he, he found a very real person who had lived in Loxley village. Uh, he'd been outlawed as uh, a result of a, it was actually an agricultural death. His uh, stepfather died in a, a, an accident on the family farm. Uh, Robert got the, uh, the blame for it and, uh, and, and went on the run and was formally outlawed under the processes there. Um, he did eventually get a pardon. Uh, but that's one of the several characters I mentioned that, that form these uh, historic legends. And the primary school teacher found that a, a patch of woodland owned by Loxley Primary School is thought to be where Robert Loxley's house was set. And there's a, a marker stone marked with a crucifix that was put there historically, supposedly to mark this place where his house was uh, once set. It was a very interesting uh, move on. After he was pardoned, um, we get several generations on and a member of the family married into the, uh, the, the line, which is the, uh, the Earls of Huntingdon. And you'll, have, you'll have heard Huntingdon mentioned in some of the more modern retellings of Robin Hood uh, as being the, the, the noble title that Robin carries. And the, the family have carried on that tradition where the, the firstborn of each generation, the one who's going to inherit the title, Earl of Huntingdon. I mean, these posh families tend to have several first names, but the firstborn son 
two of their many first names are always Robin Hood. So if it was me, I'd be Neil Robin Hood Hallam. One thing I would say that comes out of your book very clearly um, is the fact that there are so many really astonishing places to visit along this route. It's the kind of road trip that people will want to take their time uh, to really get the most out of it and to find all of these really fascinating nooks and crannies, um, some of them historical, some of them cultural, um, that you've pinpointed along the way. How long do you think the average person should take um, if they want to explore the Robin Hood 500 route for themselves? Really, it's it's up to what you want out of it. I mean, I'm I'm quite a keen motorcyclist. Uh, I know people who would just jump on the motorbike and do the whole 500 miles in a day because they'd find it a challenge. That I don't recommend because you'd miss out on so much of the story around the route. I think if you were going to treat it the way that Scotland's North Coast 500 is treated it's five to seven days of of, of moving on stopping exploring a, a location moving on again eventually finding somewhere to stay for the evening but the big difference between the Robin Hood 500 and Scotland's North Coast 500 is you haven't got that drive north to Inverness it's in the middle of the country so you can pick at it the way that I did to research it, I've, I've, to this day, I haven't driven the whole thing in one section. I live in the centre of it, so I go out and I have one or two nights out, and then I come home, and then I set off in a different uh, area of it. So I, I, I suppose, again, it's, it's what you want. You could do it in a day, you could do it in a week, or you could do it in several sets of, of one, two or three days. And it really is a route that has something for everyone. I mean, I know that we've touched on the historical and the cultural aspects, but there are literary connections as well. There are lots of places that have been used as filming locations. I mean, it really does, I think, attract a really broad range of interests. I hope so, because that's really what attracted me to the project in the first place. I mean, you mentioned literary connections. The, the Brontes are probably the main one because they pop up almost everywhere. The, this stuff around Scarborough and Whitby and the North Yorkshire coast, uh, Kirklees Priory where Robin Hood's grave is, uh, the the village on the, uh, the next estate is where the, the, the Brontes' father and mother uh, first met and uh, ran the local church. The story I told you about Hathersidge and Robin Hood Stoop, there's a, um, a historic manor house there, Highlow Hall, uh, that's uh, linked to the uh, the Eyre family whose name was borrowed for Jane Eyre. So you can, you can track the Brontes all the way around the Robin Hood 500. So uh, you know, if one of you is interested in Robin Hood, the other's interested in the Brontes, then uh, there's something for, for the whole family. Uh, and you mentioned films, yeah, film locations and TV series, as they're absolutely everywhere. I've picked up on them in the guidebook uh, and I'm working on a, a, a film and TV itinerary to uh, load up onto the 500RH website as well. I mean, there's, there's such gems in there as, uh, as the Tom Cruise Mission Impossible films, the, um, the overflow drains in the Lady Bower reservoirs, which actually were 
pressed uh, sites for uh, Barnes Wallace's Dam Busters uh, bouncing bombs. They they appeared in one of the Mission Impossible films, uh, and then a little about uh, two or three episodes of the, sh the franchise later, uh, a, a railway train was driven off the top of uh, of a cliff nearby which uh, caused great interest when Tom Cruise flew in in a helicopter to watch the stuntman uh, pretend to be him. Now, the interesting thing about the route is um, you, you, you've discovered so many uh, amazing places that people will want to visit. And it's a very substantial volume as a result of that, because you, you really have gone into you know, great detail in all the various different places that people will want to see for themselves. Is there any one particular location that you would single out as your favourite? Or are there too many to, to choose from? There are too many. I, I've been asked that question a few times. Uh, and I think if I'd got to narrow it down to one, Edwinstow is probably the place to visit because it's such a hot spot. It's got the downside that it is a very touristy location, but it's got the major oak, which may or may not have... Um, harboured robin inside the hollow tree trunk uh, it's fenced now for environmental reasons but as a kid i was able to climb inside and up the branches there's a whole visitor center there um, every august the hot every weekend through august there's a robin hood festival with woodland crafts and jousting and archery there uh, there's the church in the village which uh, Robin and Marion were supposedly married at. The high street's got a Robin and Marion statue. Uh, and then you don't have to travel far out from there to uh, to pick up uh, other more widespread highlights, uh, like King John's Palace, where Robin supposedly rescued hostages from um, from Prince John. Uh, Cresswell Crags, uh, prehistoric sites got uh, a cave there called Robin Hood's Cave which was supposedly where he moved the hostages to um, so yeah that that whole Edwinstow area is, is probably the one if you're only going to visit one but the North Yorkshire coast is beautiful too uh, Robin Hood's Bay is stunning um, the, uh, the the prehistoric uh, burial mounds I mentioned up on Stoop Brow there's, uh, there's several variations of really lovely walks around there that I, that I spent my time doing when I was uh, planning the route. Uh, and then Whitby too, where the, uh, the archery shot uh, came from, lovely village. And all that's within five or six miles of each other. Now, it goes without saying that uh, your book is the essential companion to the guide. Um, as it is the official outline of where people need to go and the various different routes that they can take on their way along this uh, this journey following uh, Robin Hood's life and adventures. But it's important to note as well, isn't it, that you have an official website where people can find out much more about the book um, and they can also take part in uh, some, some really interesting activities as well. There is, yes. It's www.500rh.co.uk. Yeah, the uh, the book's close to 500 pages, so there's a whole wealth of information in the book. But uh, the uh, the website is is set up in a different way. That uh, there's highlight information, um, and there's a membership scheme that you can join as a, a 
500RH member, get discounts on the merchandise in the shop to uh, show how much you enjoyed the route. But probably even more importantly, there's these specialised itineraries that uh, that I've developed on the uh, members section. The uh, film and TV ones, one that's in, in progress at the moment, so hopefully within uh, the next month or so I'll get that one on. There's a, uh, a motorcycling itinerary where, as I mentioned before, I'm quite a keen motorcyclist. So uh, I've, I've talked about areas that, uh, that make nicer biking roads and stop-offs that uh, lend themselves to you being in motorcycle kit rather than uh, more traditional holidaymakers clothing. Uh, and then there's a walker's uh, itinerary where... Not proposing suggesting that you walk the whole 500 miles but uh, that's set up for you to move on each day and have a choice of two or three walks of varying lengths uh, that you can uh, add a bit of extra interest to your Robin Hood 500 journey and they they're the whole way round uh, there's obviously stuff at Edwinstow that I, that I talked about there's a, a nice one around a, um, a Motton Bailey Castle on the Lincolnshire Leicestershire border at uh, uh, Castle Bytham. There's lots on the North Yorkshire coast. Uh, as we loop back down to Kirklees Priory and Robin Hood's grave, now Robin Hood's grave is on private land, but there's lots of uh, waymarked walks round and about some of which pick up those Bronte connections, as I mentioned. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's the website. Uh, extra information about the route, uh, chance to buy um, merchandise uh, with, with our uh, 500RH logo, and uh, you get a discount on, uh, on the price of the guidebook as well by signing up. And uh, one final question, because it would be remiss of me not to ask. We've had Errol Flynn, Kevin Costner, we've had Russell Crowe, we've even had that animated fox from the Disney movie. Is there any one particular Robin Hood that you would say is your favourite and is the performance to beat? Oh, the Walt Disney. You can't beat a Disney animation. It's, it's getting on a bit now, but it's timeless. Oh, absolutely. And good old Peter Ustinov puts 110% in, doesn't he? Oh, yes, yes. Well, Neil, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Um, I've been absolutely fascinated to find out more about the Robin Hood 500 route. Uh, and I'm sure that people who are listening to the podcast will want to find out more about it themselves, uh, get a hold of your book, uh, and hopefully plan their own travels. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me on your podcast. And uh... Let's uh, hope we uh, attract a few more people to the whole experience of the Robin Hood 500. The Robin Hood 500 route by Neil Hallam is available to buy from all good online retailers and independent booksellers worldwide. Thank you, Neil, for having joined us today. And thanks, everyone out there for listening. I hope that you'll tune in again soon.
If you would like to find out more about advertising on the Extremist Publishing Podcast, please visit their website at www.extremistpublishing.com for details.